God, it's totally true that um, we're not living as fast-paced of lives as usual. We're not going as many places as uh, we typically do. But in our inner life, in our thoughts, um, most of us have more than we can handle and manage these days. And in this moment, God, we do pray that you will simplify what's going on inside us and help us be present with you, focused that you are our healer and that you have a word for us um, about the kind of world that you are healing and mending and recreating even for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, this January uh, we've been taking a wide-angle lens view of God's big story in the Bible and using an analogy uh, that does not exist from biblical times, the analogy of sin as a fatal and terminal virus, and that God is a doctor or a healer, that he is researcher, creator, and distributor of the ultimate vaccine. In fact, uh, I've started to uh, calling God the great vaccinator. I do that with respect and honor. Uh, And my hope this morning is that this macro illustration will come clearly into focus for us who want to pay attention and listen to his word. At the risk of summarizing God's big story in the Bible with almost criminal brevity, part one of his story is all about creation. The good world that God made with human beings near the center of it, created to live in harmony. And not only that, but we were created to live in harmony with the natural world, with all creation, and to live in close harmony and love with God. This world was good because God made it, and he said it was good. Part two in this story we talked about last week, it involves our fall into sin, how a cleverly deceptive temptation from a forked tongue evil one personified in a serpent came to our original parents Adam and Eve they fell for it and we have been falling further and further into the spiral of sin sadly ever since and this fall into sin has impacted our relationships with one another it's impacted our relations with the environment and the whole universe and it's broken our relationship with the heart of God If you look at current events, if you look at your own life, does your life resemble the first world, that it is good, where everything is in perfect harmony, or the second world, where everything is not the way it's supposed to be? Can you hold up a finger, one or two? (laughs) There's a lot of twos. Yeah. Today, I want to introduce you to a third reality, a third world in which God intervenes. And God performs this intervention in Jesus. And his intention, his heart, is to heal this number two style broken world into something better. The Jesus intervention promises to heal the brokenness between you and the folks who are close to you, between all of us together, between humanity and the environment, and between God's people and God himself. God's intervention works something like this. God's plan is to take some of us, humanity, and inject it into himself, into his divine nature. And then his plan is to take a second step to take some of himself, his divinity, and then inject it into us, into our voluntary humanity. With God's healing, this is all voluntary. There are no forced or uh, mandatory treatments. 
And unlike a virus that spreads sickness, God's plan is to unleash a good infection that will start with people like us and spread to every corner of the universe. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast that works its way all the way through the dough. Or if I could update this with some medical terminology, the kingdom of heaven is like a good vaccine that gets into the system of the universe and spreads and spreads and spreads. Here's how vaccines work. Probably we've been maybe reading about or thinking about vaccines um, more than ever, given what's in front of us and hopefully our exit from this season of coronavirus. Vaccines work by introducing a foreign substance that our bodies then learn to recognize and accommodate. I want to tell you about uh, who I think, humanly speaking, is the greatest microbiologist who has ever lived. It's actually an American guy from the state of Montana. His name is Dr. Maurice Hilleman. Most of us have never heard of him. But by the time I tell you a few things, hopefully uh, your respect for doctors and this guy will go through the roof. Maurice Hilleman was born in 1919 during the second wave of the Spanish flu pandemic. Also something most of us probably haven't thought about a lot till this last year. Um, when Maurice was born, his twin sister and his mother died of that pandemic um, very early in his life. Maurice grew up as a hard-working boy on his uncle's farm in Montana um, his dad couldn't figure out how to take care of him and his other six siblings. He got shipped off to his uncle. Um, Maurice's early life was characterized by this hard farm work and the knowledge that this disease had taken the life of his mother and twin sister. He was a survivor. One of his daily chores was to collect uh, copious hundreds of chicken eggs on the farm. And this will turn out to figure uh, as a large part of his own story. And as it turns out, our story because of what Maurice did. Maurice went to college uh, at Montana State. He did not have enough money. Very intelligent young kid, friends, uh, church members collected enough within, through his scholarship. He was able to go to college. After graduating top of his class, he came to Chicago and did his graduate work at the University of Chicago where he showed special interest and expertise in virology and microbiology. As a young researcher, Maurice discovered that the flu virus actually morphs and changes a little bit every single year, and he figured out how it does that and how to vaccinate against it. In 1957, uh, when Maurice was maybe 37, 38 years old, he was the first to realize that a flu outbreak in Hong Kong could become a huge global pandemic. Hired by the army and then working on a hunch, he worked nine straight uh, 16-hour days until he discovered that this Hong Kong flu was a new strain that could kill millions. He developed a vaccine, and over 40 million uh, vaccines were prepared and distributed. That year, 69,000 Americans died from this strain of influenza, but without Maurice's uh, vaccine and intervention, probably that pandemic of 1957 would be on the same level as this year's global pandemic. Impressed with this guy yet? It is estimated that the various vaccines that Maurice Hilleman developed in his life save 8 to 12 million lives every single year around the globe. If you've ever gotten a flu vaccine, it's because of Maurice. 
In the year 1963, he had a daughter. His uh, daughter's name was Gerald Lynn. She woke up in the middle of the night, kind of crying, Mommy, Daddy, I don't feel very good. Uh, Maurice went into uh, her room, kind of diagnosed her, like, looked at her, opened up a medical textbook, thought, I think my kid has the mumps. And then he does what any good parent would do. He took a swab of the back of her throat, put that in a glass bottle, and left. All right? Like, what kind of parent does this? He drove to his lab in downtown Baltimore and started cultivating the mumps virus that was growing inside of his own uh, daughter. Here's the way his research worked. Maurice used chicken cells, right? This kid who had picked up hundreds and thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of chicken eggs in his life. He used cells from embryonic chickens uh, to test the strength of viruses. Here's what he did. Put a bunch of virus in a flask, some chicken cells. More of the virus, different chicken cells. More of the virus, different chicken cells. And then he would, under his microscope, observe in which bottle the most chicken cells were dying, right? Because that version of the virus was having the greatest impact on chicken DNA. And his theory was, if I can find a version of the virus that is really strong against chickens, it's not going to be as potent against human beings. Does that make sense? How these early vaccines were developed? The whole idea is that you take a virus um, that is just out there, put it in with the chicken cells, and watch what happens. The better it is at killing chicken cells, the worse it will be at damaging human cells. This process is called attenuation. So after going through a couple-year-long process, um, the cultivated material from his own daughter is still known as the Gerald Lynn strain of the mumps vaccine, that if you got the mumps vaccine or the MMR uh, vaccine as a kid, like, that is inside of you today. Most North Americans receive 14 childhood vaccines. Maurice Hilleman was behind eight of those. After a vaccine appears to be effective, it has to go through three phases of trials uh, before it's distributed for common use. The COVID-19 vaccines have become the quickest to ever go from research to public distribution through three phases of testing. By the way, the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is going to be available probably in the next couple months in the United States, was developed using exactly the same methods that Maurice Hilleman used with his chickens. So in 2020, uh, we developed this vaccine as human beings and God's grace at record time. Like it took thousands and thousands of researchers across the globe. It took hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to accomplish this. Maurice Hilleman, this is amazing, developed the mumps vaccine in less than two years with no money and two lab assistants. Just a bunch of chicken eggs. I'm pretty thankful for this guy. He passed away in 2005. As amazing as Maurice Hilleman was as a scientist, God himself is infinitely more amazing and has done infinitely more for us in eradicating the disease that is fatal to each and every one of us. Please, this is good news. God did not use chickens or any other research animals to take on the virus of sin. God used his very self. In Jesus, God put himself 
right in the middle of our terminal disease, right in the middle of our contamination. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we were, and Jesus took the brunt of sin's damage into his crucified body, but here's the thing, Jesus himself never sinned. Jesus took sin on, Jesus took sin in his body, but Jesus never passed it on. Quite the contrary. By resisting sin and every temptation to evil, Jesus created in his own body, in his own flesh, a new humanity, a life that is 100% human and a life that is 100% divine and a life that God now desires to share with each and every one of us who would walk in Jesus' footsteps. That's why I like to call God the great vaccinator, because what was created in Jesus can now be passed on and put inside us, not just in our veins, but in our spirit, in our soul, in the part of us that is designed to live forever. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the great British writer and theologian, put it this way. The whole offer which Christianity makes is this, that we can, if we let God have his way, share the life of Christ. That's what this thing is all about, not becoming just good boys and girls, not, being better, not showing up every Sunday for worship. It's about getting God's life in Jesus inside of us, in our soul, in our very veins, and what kind of life is it? It's a life that is lasting and eternal. What kind of life is it? It's a life that is sacrificial to its core and shaped like the cross. It's a life that is resurrected and powerful. Does that describe life as you're living it? Does that describe life as you currently know it? Have you ever at least had a foretaste, a little appetizer of that kind of life yet? Would you like some more of that kind of life? Hopefully, yes and amen. This is the third world that I mentioned earlier. A life that has begun to be restored and redeemed for the better. Amazingly, God took upon himself the foreign substance of humanity in Jesus' flesh and made the ultimate attenuations. And now God offers himself to live within us through the Spirit so that the work of healing can begin not only for humanity. It's bigger than that. It's for the whole world. It's for the whole cosmos. It's for the whole universe. The Bible sums this up with these paradoxical phrases that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. It just takes a few simple words, but that is a mystery. How can it be that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Just one little illustration. Uh, when I play music or play with a band, like, there's songs that live inside of me, right? It's not like I'm hearing the song for the first time before I play notes. I hear them in my head, right? Because the song is in me. It occupies part of my imagination. Hopefully, I've memorized it. And at the same time, Anybody who's ever played live music, you understand that it's not like music that is coming out of you, like you're some kind of creator. It's like you start playing and the music is this big thing. 
right, that you kind of like ride the tide of, ride the wave of. And both have music in me, and I am in the music. If you're a dancer, same kind of thing. That's how it works with Christ. I'm going to read two short passages for you from the New Testament. Galatians 2.20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, because my life was terminal, (laughs) but it is Christ who lives in me. Where does Christ live? If you feel bold, point right inside your heart. Where does Christ live? Right here. Here's the other thing that God says. Just as you received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Where is your life if you are living a real life? It is in Christ. Right? He is in you, and you are in Christ. And the result of all of this, hopefully, if you feel this going on, even just a glimmer of it, even just a little sign, is that the design is for our hearts to begin, not to overflow with fear and dread and nervousness and anxiety any longer, but to overflow with thankfulness. That is the sure and certain sign that God's vaccine is working in you. Not that you never have fear, not that you never have anxiety, but that the, uh, the waves of thanksgiving over the course of your life and the longer you have this vaccine from Jesus working in you, you cannot stop the thankful energy. Let me try to sum up. Sin stinks. It's a terminal disease, a deadly virus for all of us in terms of the bodies that we are currently living in. Like, none of the bodies that you are looking at are going to make it out here alive. For all the joy of newborn babies, they too are infected with this disease. Everybody has it. Call me a killjoy. I'm sorry. This is the bad news of the Bible. I remember vividly uh, the days when my children were born being both overwhelmed by a feeling of protectiveness over them on the day of their birth and a sadness because something like in the soul-searching philosophical part of my spirit, like recognized even in the fresh scent of a baby that nobody makes it out of here alive because of sin. But there is a cure. There is a cure for babies, for senior citizens, for everybody in between, and here's how it works. God took some of us, humanity, and took it into himself to create a new kind of life, And the eternal human divine life that is literally wrapped up in Jesus' DNA is then injected into us through the Holy Spirit so that even though this sin-sick body is going to perish, what's essential in me and you by faith is going to mystery of mysteries live forever. And not just the spiritual part, One day, mystery of mysteries, that essential part is going to be reunited with a recreated body that gets to live forever, and that body is not going to be able to sin anymore because the Jesus vaccine will have done its perfect and lasting and eternal work. And please sign me up. I'd like to go to that place right away. (laughs) So you may be sitting here asking, 
how does this work? How do we get more of this life? Is there anything I can do to like speed up this process? You're going to have to come back next week to get the rest of the story. Because as good as this restored for better world is, and Lord willing, every person watching or in this room has felt it in a profound way already with Jesus' healing power from the cross and the empty grave right there at the center of this new world. As good as that is, there is one more world which is coming where God's plan to spread his good infection to every corner of the cosmos comes true. That's next week. Amen. Will you pray with me a moment? Lord God, we stand amazed at your plan to heal us. Who could have ever guessed that you, being eternal and spiritual in your nature, could take on human flesh, and that would be the beginning of the cure? Who could ever have guessed that you, in your infinity and eternity and omnipresence, could find a way to get yourself into small creatures like us. But that is exactly what you have done. So we worship you, God. We honor you as our healer and savior and redeemer. We honor you, Lord Jesus, for starting this process and honor you as uh, the savior and Messiah of the world. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a final song together about Jesus' greatness. Uh, if you're here in person, please stand up. <laughs>